How do multifamily owners retain renters and increase net operating income? Well, we're on a journey to find out. You're listening to Menetize or Die, Tactics and Strategies from the Front Lines of Multifamily. I'm your host, Scott Patterson, Marine Corps veteran and founder of Tumble Smart Laundry, on a mission to increase NOI through your shared laundry experience. Today on the podcast, I have David Thomas. He's the Director of Innovations for Veritas Investments here in San Francisco. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. All right. So I'm very excited to have you on today. Um, I mean, so first of all, just the, the huge part of Veritas in, in the tumble story, it's kind of nuts when I tell people, it's like, well, serendipitously, my deck made it across like to David and David got it and was like, oh my God, we need tumble. <laughs> so uh, yeah, can you just tell me a little bit about the Veritas story, about yourself, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, for sure. I, that story's maybe a good spot to start. I, uh, you know, we'll dive a little bit more into Veritas Innovations and what we do. But uh, yeah, we. I think you cold emailed Peng or someone at Veritas. Peng's wife. Peng's wife. It got to Peng. Mm-hmm. Peng forwarded it to me. Uh, I opened it up. I saw it. It was, you know, the thick of COVID when quarters couldn't be found, when Nowhere. Uh, people didn't want to stand in laundry rooms, um, and it it just clicked. It made sense, and I think I was probably the first person to respond to you, maybe, um, or at least the first person to try it. I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I had a building where we owned the machines, and so it was a natural fit. Uh, we kind of. Pulled a few machines out, pushed a couple to the side, uh, slid tumble in, and uh, got it going. And a little bit of trial and error and effort, and uh, residents got free laundry, I think, for a couple weeks, but for, it was for, all for good. For a little bit, yeah. Things, and, things were working out so hot there in the, the beginning, but we, we figured it out very quickly. Exactly. And I, I think my biggest, biggest success there was uh, Paul, our resident manager, who's a third generation in that building. Um, when he started using Tumble and he got it, that's when I said, okay, it's, it's set. We're good now. <laughs> um, so it was perfect. It was, you know, I'm glad we were kind of able to take that risk and take the jump with you guys and throw some machines in the buildings and test them out. Yeah, absolutely. So, so tell me a little bit about Veritas. You said you're, you know, Veritas. Uh, let's talk about the portfolio a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Veritas Investments, kind of the parent company, uh, founded by Yat Peng Al, Colin Peng, uh, several about... 13, 14, 15 years ago, um, with just the idea of, uh, you know, he was purchasing kind of what we'll call small unit count multifamily buildings in the Bay Area. Um, he grew up down in San Jose. He wanted to come to the big city, San Francisco, uh, and he bought his first building up here, which he actually still owns today, uh, a small little seven unit building. Uh, he moved into it and he, you know, realized the importance of community when he was in that building. Uh, you know, his neighbors became his friends. Uh, they were his renters, you know, the old word landlord. He was the landlord and, and he had his tenants, uh, but they were friends. It was a community. And he actually met his future wife, who was still married and they have three kids today in that building. Wow. I didn't know um, that. Man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was kind of his moment of realization that, you know, buying, you know, being a landlord is more than just collecting rent. You know, he was actively a part of the building. He was a neighbor. He was a friend. He was part of that community, and they built friendships there. Um, there's one particular resident uh, in one of the units that's still there today, uh, and and they're still friends. You know, if Peng drops by the building, he says hello. There, you know, it, it's been probably 20 years since he's bought that building. Yeah. 
Um, and that was really the, the idea that sparked it. So 20 years later, where, where does Veritas sit uh, footprint-wise? Sure. So uh, off that you know, first building, first little six-unit building, uh, Peng continued to grow the portfolio. And you know, mind you, at that time, it was his own kind of personal money or friends and family money he was investing. Uh, and through the financial crisis, 2008, 2010, obviously everything was distressed. And Peng saw an opportunity to start you know, allocating uh, buildings at a larger scale. And uh, that's really where the institutional part of Veritas Investments came from. And uh, we partnered up with, uh, you know, some of the larger institutional capital providers at that time and, you know, started purchasing some of these, again, what we call small unit count multifamily buildings. And you think of San Francisco, these are 100-year-old buildings. These are rent control buildings. They have steam heat. Uh, they're crooked, and you're going to slide all over the place on the floor, kind of yeah. like we are right yeah. now in these kinda chairs. Like the office. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, these are old electric um, horsehair insulation, which is a real thing wow. that you find in these buildings. Um, lath and plaster walls, brick foundations, you name it. Um, you know, that's kind of what makes up the city and the housing stock here. And it was never, um, you know, something that was uh, sought after to build community and to build a resident experience. It was just more of a commodity. People needed places to live, and, and that's what they did. Um, so, you know, fast forward, uh, we now Veritas Investments as it stands today large footprint here in the city of San Francisco. Uh, we're also on the East Bay, Berkeley, Oakland, Alameda, those cities, uh, and, and down in Los Angeles as well, and, and quickly growing in Los Angeles, uh, all with the same idea, same you know, thesis of creating you know, community and great resident experiences within these small unit count multifamily buildings. Um, you know, very different than your class A high rise. Right, like, and, and that's most of the product that's being built right now are these sort of, uh I don't know, I call them over amenitized, but you know, everyone has their opinion of these very large properties, um, pools on roof is, roofs with cabanas and gyms and all this types of stuff. Um, but you know, what, what about the, the other side of it? So um, what, I mean, a lot of these buildings that, that, that are acquired by Veritas are, like you said, very, very old. What, what is some of the main things, like y'all come in, like, I know there's usually renovations that are done. Talk about some of the, the ways that Veritas comes in and, and ups that resident experience to, to where it really updates it to where it should be. Yeah, for sure. So it's, um, it's an interesting problem, especially here in San Francisco with these old buildings. Um, you know, when you acquire a building, there could be issues. You know, you have, like I said, old steam heat that maybe doesn't work right. Um, you know, you may have 100 amps to a building that by code needs 400 amps. Uh, you know, your you know, various kind of life safety issues like upgraded fire alarm systems and, and those types of things are all the things when we acquire a building we look at. And those are kind of your baseline of, you know, basic services that you need to provide to have a, you know, suitable building for people to live in. And so, you know, that's part of what we do is, is make sure that those buildings are, you know, up to standard current codes and that, you know, they're safe and all those types of things. Um, you know, when we have, you know, San Francisco is a bit of a unique market with rent control and those types of things. Uh, so occasionally you'll get, you know, units back that maybe have been lived in for 40, 50 years and aren't in rentable condition. And you have an opportunity there to make those units a bit more modern and new. And, and, and sometimes you have to because of the condition of them. Uh, so we take that opportunity to, you know, increase the, uh, you know, the livability and safety and all those types of things within the unit. Um, and, it, you know, for building wide, again, like you mentioned, we don't have pools, we don't have rooftop bars, we have none of those things. So it's, you know, we focus a lot on keeping that charm of that 1920s building, 
uh, that Victorian building or you know whatever the great architecture and the, the style of that period when the building was constructed, keep that fit, that feel of the building, but enhance it with some fresh paint, maybe some new carpet, floors, light fixtures. Um, you know, people like being in San Francisco because of that, you know, 1920s feeling. Um, you know, they, they pick the type of building they want to live on based on architecture and interesting things like that. So we don't want to ruin any of that. We want to enhance it and make it better. And again, we're not putting a pool in, but we can make the lobby look a little bit better. Uh, and that's where, you know, our innovations brand really steps in to provide a, a tech, you know, kind of tech forward experience as well. How do we utilize access control to get packages delivered to residents? Uh, how do we use something like Tumble to give a great laundry experience? Uh, how do we provide you know, amenities to our residents that they want that aren't a pool? You know, for example, could we give them discounted dog walking, house cleaning, uh, memberships to gyms? How do we create that sense of community you know, within their building but with neighboring buildings as well? Um, and then also you know, neighborhood fit and feel. How do we you know, make sure that maybe this person's from out of town or out of country moving to San Francisco for the first time. Introduce them to the local bars, restaurants, the theater, the beaches, the walking trails, those things, which are, you know, a part of the amenities of San Francisco. You move here to a specific neighborhood because you want to be near specific things. Um, and so how do you loop all that in together to give that resident a great experience? Right. So this, this idea of neighborhood amenities is one of my, my favorite things that Peng talks about on a regular basis. And it's just the idea of living here in the city. There's so much going on. You know, me personally, I know I spend as little time as possible in my apartment. Like I try to be out doing things like that's kind of the way San Francisco is. And same thing with New York, right? They talk about 200 square foot studios in New York or, you know, that's a 20 by 10 box <laughs> essentially. So um, when, you, when, when you're looking at buildings to, to go into, and how do you balance kind of the the FFNO or the FFO and like the resident experience with um, sort of what's around, right? Um, like one of the one of the most beautiful remodels that you all have done at Veritas is, is 1369 Hyde. I mean, total refabrication, 110 year old old hotel um, was an apartment building bought by someone else a few years ago. It wasn't really rehabbed in a very long time. Um, total re redone. I mean, some of the, the amenities in there are, are insane. And I, I think there's also a rooftop coming possibly. I don't know about that, oh, but it's possible. Yeah. I think there's, I don't know. Stay tuned. But, uh, but yeah, like when you're looking at these buildings and these products, like how do you, how do you kind of look at it? This like, okay, if we did, you know, this, this technology I think would really increase the resident experience and make people's lives easier, you know, and there's so many options out there. How do you, how do you pick? Yeah, you know, focusing on the retail side a bit, it's interesting in, you know, San Francisco, we, we're not a, a, a retail owner per se or operator, but when you buy multifamily in San Francisco, you end up getting some ground floor retail just by the nature of this. And so we really, you know, we took something that some people may see as a burden and we changed that to a very positive thing for our communities and for our residents. Uh, a great example of this on O'Farrell Street, we have a building with a company called Plant Therapy. Uh, we had a vacant spot. I think it was an old rundown liquor store that went out of business. Um, and it, we put in this company, great company, local company called Plant Therapy that sells little succulents and plants and things like that for your apartment, for your house. Um, so it was you know, a great addition to the neighborhood, a great local company, as well as something now that we utilize very often and that we promote it to our residents. 
Um, we're doing a giveaway soon for all of our residents uh, with Earth Day coming up. All of our residents are going to receive a succulent. Uh, and we're hand passing these out to, you know, a couple hundred buildings across San Francisco. Uh, just, you know, providing a great, you know, little experience, a great little benefit to our residents, part of the Earth Day message, but also supporting our local retail. And, you know, it, we view your neighborhood is, you know, supporting those local businesses, but that becomes your amenity. Since you don't have a coffee shop in your apartment, your coffee shop downstairs, you know, that's kind of that mom and pop coffee shop is what becomes your amenity. And so, you know, we, we try and, um, you know, work with great owner operators to get them in our spaces, to build out great spaces and to provide, you know, more than just to our residents, but to the community, a great experience. Yeah, I, I mean, so there's some people matching you out there. I, I saw actually a Class A plus property that was advertising that they had a restaurant opening on the top floor, and that was like one of their amenities. So it's really interesting to think of like, okay, I've mixed use. Like, what can we actually, you know, go market to to not only increase the value of the community, but you know, sort of like, you know, a residents' experience, right? Like, that's what a, what a fantastic idea there. Um, so on the on the technology side, so like your job at Veritas is usually to you know sort of vet technology partners. What are you, what, what are some things that you look for given given that you know you do have this very sort of I wouldn't say unique, but it, it is a a different product than kind of what's typically built and and things like that. Like how do you how do you go through and and what's that evaluation process look like? It's tough. You know, the prop tech landscape right now varies so much um, that you know everything from fintech solutions, construction tech, um, or amenities. You know, there's so many different things that um, you know one specific thing is tough to you know really dive into the valuation of, and you know how would this impact? I think you know I looked at I look at things through two very simple lenses. One is this going to make my residents' lives better? Uh, by me deploying this, am I going to get them? access to their packages, a better laundry experience, that cheaper dog walk, whatever that is, um, is this making my residence life better? If yes, it's something I want to look at. Um, the second is, how do we make our employees' lives better? Um, you know, having this kind of fractured asset class with buildings all over the city, we don't have any on-site staff per se. There's no leasing team. There's no on-site maintenance team. Uh, we have local resident managers at some of our buildings, but they're very part-time and they're not there to, to kind of give tours and be that on-the-spot property manager. Um, so it's a very different asset type. It's very difficult to manage. It's more, you know, what we do in San Francisco and, and around California is more similar to the SFR world than it is the kind of class A garden-style multifamily world. A lot of similar challenges between the two. So Interesting. if technology will you know make my employees lives better by we could be more effective as leasing agents by giving you know better tours to our residents or more options to view or those types of things that's the kind of stuff i want to dive into yeah. um you know if i don't know trying to think of an example of you know a class a you know i don't know some technology for a swimming pool I'm not going to bother with. We don't have it, but uh, you know, it, it, I don't, those I don't are, need a, la a standing lap pool in the uh, the basement of my my apartment. Exactly. I, I heard recently golf simulators were the new big thing oh, in, wow. in apartment buildings. And sorry, I'm, we don't have room to put golf simulators, but um, put put one in the the leaning tower exactly. next to a Salesforce tower. <laughs> exactly. Like oh, here golf. Oh, woo, there it goes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I think those are the two buckets I look into. Um, you know, 
again, what makes my residents life better? What makes our employees lives better? Yeah. I mean, so the, the, the comparison to single family rentals is actually really, really interesting. Um, because there is a huge movement in multifamily to go, I don't know, I call it headless, but like, uh, you know, not, not have onsite property staff for, for every little thing. Um, and you know, some of the, the interesting things about that is what we have seen is like an acceleration in response times of service requests. Um, you know, just sort of a, a more seamless renewal process, things like, like you're by taking out some of these steps, it's, it's kind of insane that how, how much better things have gotten. Um, so really, really, really interesting, interesting there. On uh, on the single family rental side comparison, uh, some interesting parts. You know how how does when you're looking at sort of smaller units, seven units even. You know, I, I totally see the the, compa- the comparisons to single family rental. Maybe just touch on that a, a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. I think you know again, staffing is a big part of that, right? Um, it was interesting. I was at a conference late last year, and I kept hearing CLO, CLO. I've heard from a number of different companies. I'm going, what the hell's a CLO? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Funnel is one of our partners. We use Funnel, yeah. and someone at Funnel mentioned Central Leasing Office, and I go, oh shit, CLO, Central Leasing Office, got it. And it kind of struck me as funny because that was the the buzzword of that conference and what everyone was talking about, but. We've accidentally been doing a CLO for 10 years now. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we have no on-site leasing staff. Everyone works out of our central office. We have our own ILS we've built. Um, our agents are out in the field all day showing, you know, eight to 10 buildings per prospect, not, you know, two or three units with a model. Um, it's a very different, you know, type of structure and very different way that we operate here, uh, which allows us to effectively manage this fractured asset type. Very, again, similar to, to SFR when you have someone in, you know, Phoenix looking for a single family home, they're going to be touring five, six, seven, eight homes, uh, traveling between the houses and trying to find that right fit. Uh, and, and that's what we do here in San Francisco and in Los Angeles and other cities that we're in. Um, you know, we, we, I guess we're kind of a pioneer of the yeah. CLO in a way. Well, I, and, and you see the branding all over the city, right? So rent SF.com. Rent SF now. Rent SF, rent SF now. Yep. Right. I, I remember, so I moved to the city in 2019 and I remember seeing the signs yep. everywhere, yep. right? Rent, rent SF, yeah. Um, and and the website was was really easy to use, right? Mm-hmm. It was almost like a, like a Zillow type mm-hmm. thing, right? Where you're just like, oh, this one, this one, this one. So yeah, it's it's funny to see the the industry catch up to some of the things that you actually built by necessity, yep. based off of sort of you know the the market here in San Francisco. I to go back to sort of the the amenities, you know, one of the most one of the interesting um, partnerships that you have is with Built Rewards, um, and you know, fantastic product. Um, what 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 have you seen in sort of success wise with with sort of those types of, um, I guess, renter rewards type, not yeah, resident rewards type of uh, products? Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, as I said, how do we make our residents' lives better? And fintech is something that's new to the rental world. And, you know, there's basic things. If you think about your rent, it's probably the largest share of your wallet every month. Yeah. Um, and, and for a lot of people, it's the, you know, <laughs> the single biggest expense of their life. And so it, it's, it's crazy that you don't build credit on that. It's crazy you don't earn points for that. There's, you write a check, you, you know, send something in an online portal and it's just gone. Right. Um, but, you know, when you 
buy your plane ticket, you're getting points. When you eat out, you get points. You're building credit. You're, when you pay your PG&E bill, you're you know, building credit. Uh, and, and so it was crazy that this just wasn't happening in the normal world. And so uh, when something like Built came along, uh, where residents can build credit by, just by paying rent, you know, very simple, simple idea, or earn points on their rent payment, uh, that they can then fly to Hawaii with or, you know, pay their rent with points or many different things, it was a no-brainer. Of course we're going to offer that to our residents. Um, you know, why it, it makes it so that, you know, it, it becomes a great amenity, right? Residents will hopefully enjoy their, you know, stay with you more. They want to live with you because of this. But it's such a strong, uh, you know, benefit for our residents. We, we have to offer it to them. All right. And it's gotten great feedback for those that sign up and actually actively use it. Um, it it's been wonderful. And, and we're, um, you know, putting together some examples of residents who have done that, have flown to Hawaii just by paying rent. Wow. Um, and so, it, you know, we're, we're really excited about that partnership and others with Till and, and those types of more fintech products that, um, you know, something like Till, maybe you... You, you have you know a, a, an income stream that doesn't isn't your your two week payments like a, a salary professional maybe you're a gig worker and you get you know different payments every week it's tough for you to make rent on the first of the month so we'll partner with someone like Till who allows flexible payments throughout the month All right so for the resident it helps them you know work better with their income stream for us it you know gives our resident a better opportunity to make their rent payment and also get credit reported and those types of things. Uh, and so all around, it's just a great thing for our residents, give them a better experience, help them out a little bit, build their credit, give them points, whatever that is. Uh, it, it just makes it a, a great experience for them. I, yeah, so I, I, yeah, totally agree. Uh, you know, FinTech's really interesting in PropTech right now. Um, I, it's sort of the, the intersection that I, I feel like we've all been waiting for, right? Is like, okay, these things need it. It's, it's the bits and atoms coming together, right? So, uh, very, very interesting things. And, and as part of those atoms, we, we talked a little bit about the architecture of some of these buildings. Um, one of, one of the buildings are a few of the buildings I think are actually like on historical registers, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, these are like restored landmarks. So really interesting that you're able to balance sort of that design is there, is there like a person that does that? Like, do you have like a, a team of people that are like, okay, we're going to do this reno, but we need to, we need to keep this the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for there's various historic districts or buildings within San Francisco, which, yeah. you know, the, uh, department of building inspections or historic preservation will, will dictate a little bit of that. And so, you know, we make sure we follow those guidelines and make sure that, you know, whatever it is that, uh, we're allowed to do or can do is what we do. Um, one interesting thing, uh, paint colors is oh. not protected in any way. Wow. So you could paint any building any color you want. And so we've done a lot of very interesting things around that with you know, making some really special, notable buildings around the city, keeping that exact historic architecture in place, but painting them in a very new, you know, uh, interesting way that really you know, highlights the building, um, highlights the details of the building, and you know, brings new life to it. Right. Um, well, right. There's a mural, right? There's a building with a gigantic mural on it on Hyde, I think. Yeah. And Hyde in the Tenderloin, we have what we call our, our butterfly building. That's uh, we, one, yeah. we partner with some local artists that did a massive, I want to say it's a 10, 12 story monarch butterfly. It's a big butterfly. Um, that could be seen around the city. We have uh, smaller murals that we've done on various other buildings. Uh, I mean, probably have, 
I would guess, 30, 40 murals around the city that we've done on our buildings um, with local artists and all. We have a great cable car on California Street. Uh, we have a famous peacock in the Tenderloin um, that has been in a bunch of movies and things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, more period correct or highlighting architecture or something interesting well, with the mural. And it's way better than like a billboard, right? Like, Absolutely. You know, like that's a high, high, I'm sure that's a high value sort of eye-wise street, you know, and, and it goes back to what you were saying about just like increasing the value of the community and all that stuff. Like, well, no, we put this beautiful butterfly that's gigantic. Yeah. It's a gigantic butterfly. Definitely yeah. go take a look at it if you ever get a chance. But um, yeah, I mean, so it's a lot of these neighbor, I, I really love the, the focus of Veritas on these sort of like neighborhoods and like, how do we, you know, this is a node in a neighborhood, right? Like we're a part of the fabric. How do we increase sort of like everyone around us and the I, it's, it's really, it's really nice to hear. Cause I, a lot of what, you know, my, my job is, is talking to, uh, I don't know, I call them the bean counters. Um, but you know, the folks that are, are far more focused on, on things that maybe aren't as virtuous and, you know, it is, it's really interesting to hear about, especially in the flex that we're, the flux that we're in here in San Francisco, like how we can uplift the city in general. Right. So, uh, very, very interesting stuff. So Veritas has this, this product, a huge footprint unit wise kind of spread across. Um, it really allows you to test technology in an interesting way because you can just be like, okay, this one building that we own, you know, we're going to test this technology. in. so how does that, how does that work out? How, what's the success failures kind of look like on, on that side? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, one of my main roles is really, you know, connecting with founders like yourself and the prop tech space to see what's out there, what's available, what, you know, and when you pitch me a product, does it actually make my residents' life better? Right. Uh, and, you know, it, it's tough if you have a 600 unit complex to test out technology. If something goes wrong, it impacts 600 units. There's a lot, a lot of, people. of people there. It could go bad. Um, the, the, you know, one of the nice things about what we have with these smaller unit count buildings is that I could test something out at a single 10 unit building, 25 unit building. Um, if it works great, if it doesn't, you know, sorry, 10 residents, you know, this didn't go well, we'll pull it out, whatever it is, we move on. Um, but it gives me that ability to really beta test and get feedback. And we, we love getting that like feedback from our residents. Hey, we love this product. We don't like this product. It's not working for this reason. Um, you know, also our maintenance staff, our leasing agents, our property managers, getting that real world feedback on that building is so important to us. And once that product works and it passes all the tests and our residents are surveyed and they say we love it or our employees say they love it, then I could say, okay, great, here's X amount more buildings. Let's, let's go to the next step and let's try it at, you know, 40 buildings. If that works great. Let's, you know, go to hundred buildings and we could kind of roll it out that way. Uh, and for me, the best sign ever is when there's organic growth. When I'm not out there pushing a product or saying this has to happen, but, uh, you know, Tumble, for example, uh, you know, I, I kind of lost count about how many machines were floating around out there in our buildings. I wasn't quite sure. And then I suddenly heard we had over 60 machines, I think. And it was like, that's exactly what I want. I want my property managers to see the value and to make that call to Tumble and say, hey, Tumble, I have this spot. I need a machine. Or, hey, give me that access control here. Or, uh, you know, we need a zip car because in this community there's no zip cars. So let's throw a zip car in this building or, uh, you know, whatever that is, you know, when we start seeing that organic growth through in the, you know, throughout the portfolio, 
then we know that demand's there and, and it works and it's a great product and then we could really open up the floodgates and go with it. Yeah, I, I mean, so yeah, fan, I mean, it was certainly helpful for us, right? Like, uh, you know, we, we, we didn't hit it out of the park right off the bat, let's put it that way. Um, but we, we, you know, we had, um, we had measures where it's like, okay, if this does go wrong, like how do we, you know, maintain that really good user experience? And for us, it was just turn the machines on free. That was our answer back then. I, I say you guys had the best way to mess up for the first few weeks because our residents loved you even more because right. they got free laundry for a few weeks. Right. So we really knocked that resident experience out of the park. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the positive sign was when, you know, we turned on the charging and the app was working, everything was good. They kept using it. Right. They didn't go back to the old coin op machine. Right. Actually, uh, over time, that number even went up, Yeah. Uh, so, which was sort of surprising. Like you kind of think that, okay, like a certain number of people are going to use this thing. Yeah. So that was one of, I, I mean, that, that specific property we internally use as sort of a, a case study for data because it's one of the oldest properties that we have. Um, matter of fact, we just did a, a cleaning there maybe, you know, like two, three months ago. Um, and where we updated some of the hardware because it was like first gen yep. hardware, so we like up, upgraded hardware and things like that. And you're like, oh wow, like we've we've as a company have certainly come a, a, a long way. So yeah, the, the the Veritas proving ground, I guess, is it was certainly beneficial for for us and and definitely you know or the great in startups we talk about design partners, right? So. It's, a, it's easy for SaaS products where you're like, all right, a design partner is just a B2B customer, usually a startup uh, as a design partner, and then you start to kind of go up. Uh, for us, it's like, well, a design partner has to have buildings. Right? Yep. It's like, who's going who's gonna to be the one to, to test this out? And so the, to have Veritas from the beginning be a supporter, um, you know, fantastic, it's fantastic for us. Uh, and, and wildly, wildly valuable for us. So thank, thank you for, yeah. for answering that email. Yeah, no, I, but, <laughs> and, you know, and I'll tell you the ultimate success for us. I, I think I shared this story with you. We were on a, uh, once a month we have all hands calls internally. Right. And I think it was Peng mentioned something about Tumble. I don't remember exactly what it was, but Tumble came up in our all hands call. And one of our leasing agents uh, reached out to Peng uh, directly and said something along the lines of, uh, Tumble's amazing. If I have Tumble in a building and there's no in-unit laundry, I could still lease that unit. Yeah. And I immediately reached out to that agent and I said, I want to talk to you. Let's uh, tell me more about this. Um, and he just said, yeah, when I, you know, I'm out in the field, the laundry room is always the last thing we show. We bring them through the building, the common areas, laundry room typically is the last thing because in San Francisco, they're buried down in the basement somewhere yeah, or something. It's usually somewhere weird. Exactly. And so you know, his point was that the laundry room is that last impression typically. So when you have an amazing laundry room, it leaves a good last impression. When you don't have a laundry room or a terrible laundry room or whatever, you walk out not feeling good. And, you know, we know in-unit washer dryers can be in high demand, but they're not always feasible. They don't always make sense. They're, you know, maybe we have an older building where you just can't do it. Um, and so, you know, having to this leasing agent, it's like, if, if I don't have an in-unit wash dryer, the next best thing, it has to be a tumble. And I could still sell that unit just as good as if it had an in-unit washer dryer by showing them tumble and having that great last impression. Um, and so that's, you know, I, I never talked to this agent before about tumble. I don't know what buildings he was at. I don't know what he was showing, but he had that organic feedback and he saw it in the field and that was his, you know, take on it. 
And that's when I know we have a home run. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's certainly our, our goal, right. Is to be the next best thing. Like we understand, uh, certainly the, the why behind one in unit washers and dryers, like it, it certainly doesn't make laundry any easier. Yep. Right. Uh, but I, I totally get, you know, wanting to do it in the privacy of your home, but for those places where it's not feasible or, or, you know, it's 10 years away, you know, we, we are the next best thing. And that, and every day, you know, here in the tumble office, we're, we're certainly working on making that even better, right? The next, next level. So what we're working on right now is actually how do we help people get it for free? Mm -hmm. So that's like the next, next thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I think that's one of the more exciting things on our side is, is how do we, how do we actually increase income to, to our users so that, you know, they can totally get rid of this and make it a really nice experience. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the, um, you, know, you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, wrapping that FinTech product into right. your normal amenities. And I think that's where the real magic happens. And we've talked about, um, a, t- a tumble and built partnership where yeah. residents who pay for their laundry with a built credit card, get triple built points yeah. and get them even closer to that flight to Hawaii or, you know, I can, um, you know, give a resident who self-performed a maintenance task uh, a thousand built points right. and they could use those built points to pay for their laundry or, uh, you know, whether through your, your own products, they're earning free laundry credits or, yeah. uh, you know, turning laundry credits into built points or, you know, right. th- there's this great ecosystem that we could build that ties all the stuff together and gives that great experience. So one, you don't have 30 standalone apps on your phone to, to try and, you know, live in your apartment because right. no one wants that experience. Right. Um, but if they're all interconnected, they all work together. You create, you know, a kind of FinTech experience, rewards, laundry all together. That's, I think where the real magic is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think to, to double tap on that even more, as we talk, as we talk about neighborhood amenities, you know, one of the things that we're looking at is how do we actually further, access to those those restaurants that are around and things like that like if you go buy sushi at the place down the street you get ten dollars of, of tumble credit like mm-hmm. and things like that so how do we actually activate these communities laundry seems like a weird way to do it but when you think about it it's like okay we're going to activate the community and get rid of someone's most hated chore all in one and that becomes really exciting for me, for me personally, at least. I don't yep. know. Maybe I just hate and, laundry that much. But. Well, and, and for a, a retail uh, a retailer here in the city, what better way to market than to give someone free laundry? Right. You're always going to remember that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially if it's passive. That's, that's exactly. What, that's what we're working on is how do we, okay, hey, you go do this and boom, you get, you get some laundry credit. Yep. So. I would, I'll go buy a sandwich today or drink a beer today <laughs> if it gets me free laundry. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, exciting things are happening here on our side. Um, you know, th- like I said, thanks so much for being part of this journey um, and coming on the podcast. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it's my fun. first one. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Well, knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, once again, this is David Thomas from Veritas Investments. He's the director of innovation at Veritas. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Um, and that closes us out for Amenitize or Die. You can follow us on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Amenitize or Die. And we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.